Good morning, Friendship Familia. How are y'all doing this morning? Good? We doing good? Excellent. So um, just wanted to introduce myself to you. I know, y'all know, know some of y'all know me, some of y'all don't, um, but just wanted to let you know that my name is Eric and I am the student minister here, a student pastor, whatever you want to call me as far as that's concerned, uh, here um, at Friendship. And it is a joy that I get to uh, to, to lead students or to work with students, to walk alongside students, to disciple students, anything having to do with students, I love it. So absolutely. So thank y'all so much for coming out today. We appreciate that. Um, and we are going to go over um, some of the truths that we've been learning. So, you know, you don't have student ministers get to preach on Sunday mornings all the time. And there's a reason for that. Um, but still, <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, and uh, but but over but throughout all of that throughout all of that I just want you all to know that this is something I do not take for granted, and it is such an honor, it's such a blessing, and most importantly, um, this is probably one of the least one of the messages that I've least had to prepare for because one of the things that I did, or uh, that I was just I just felt really felt called to do was to work with students listen to students, talk to students, and then figure out some of the truths that we've been going through as we've been in this series called Miracles on Miracles on Wednesday nights. And so we've been looking at all the miracles of Jesus Christ, what he has done, um, and also looking at the truths in the gospel, in, in the gospels as to what it specifically means. And this hasn't been a message that I've been talking about or have been seeing to where, you know, I'm preaching and, and that's it. I've just been opening up saying, hey, what truths do we see in scripture? And all of the students have been kind of talking about that. They've been, you know, telling me all these truths. Some of them um, I've had to text, like literally text, uh, you know, text and say, hey, what are some truths? Read this passage. And then they've gotten back to me as well. So it's going to be a pretty cool thing. So if you don't like it, Andy will be back next week. um, And it's the student's fault. So either ways, that's fine. So (laughs) I'm joking with you. I'm joking with you. But, um, but, you know, and, and I know, you know, especially with the last two years that we've had, it's been kind of a crazy situation. I know I haven't gotten to meet all of you. Um, so once again, Eric Marino, um, student minister here, and also want to just throw up a slide and just show you all my family, if that's okay, uh, if that's cool. So this is my family here. Uh, this is my wife. We have just celebrated 13 years of marriage, Baker's Dozen. It's awesome. Um, it's right, absolutely. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it. Um, and then these are my boys. This is my oldest uh, to the far, to your far right. It's EJ. And that in my middle son right here is Jojo. He's actually catching up with EJ. He's getting a little bit more uh, taller than he is. And then in the middle right here um, is our our son Anaya. Now, probably most of y'all know Anaya because he's the kid that's running up and down the ramp after church every single week. So you probably know him by that, but just know that if you see these kids around that they're mine, I, I claim them. So you can always come up to me and say, hey, they're doing something. So that way I'll know to, to, to get that handled soon. So, um, but through all of that, I love, uh, I love my family. We love Legoland and so do my boys. So that's where we're at Legoland. We got to go this summer for sure. Um, but just wanted to let y'all know who I am and where my heart is in ministry. I've been doing student ministry for about 10 years now, nine years now. Um, and it has been amazing. It's been lovely the entire time. I've never had any issues in student ministry ever. That is a lie. Um, but there has been so many things that I've loved about it. Um, I love getting to see students and walk with students on where they are. And then if, you, if you're talking to me, I'll tell you that student ministry, I'll be the first person to say student ministry doesn't end. Student ministry has been a, a blessing in a sense of, of walking with these students and then continuing walking with them even after, after their time in high school is over. 
Um, because as we know, student ministry usually starts in the typical church from, from sixth grade on to high school, to the end of high school. But I love to walk with them. Just this, just this past week, last week, I got to marry some high school sweethearts that were in my student ministry when I was an intern. That's such an amazing thing. And then to see all of the steps that we're walking with them through all of these things. I have students that now have kids. Oh my gosh, it's still crazy to me. Woo! That now have kids in this moment. Um, and it's such a cool thing to see and walk with them and all of that and, and the continued discipleship, uh, disciple making that happens with that too. And just to know that my philosophy in ministry in general is identity, intentionality, and investment. I believe that all students should know who they are in Christ. I believe that everything that they do should be intentional in that, and that investment meaning that we need to walk with them, and then we need to make sure that they are investing in their family, in their friends, and even in their community, especially within their church. And so sometimes we'll see our students serving in, in, in preschool. We'll see them serving with serving in VBS. We'll see all of these things, and I think that's amazing. But the coolest thing that I want you to see today is their thoughts. We'll lift up students for singing good. We'll lift up students for acting good. We'll lift up students in at, for being athletes, amazing athletes. But let's lift up our students today for their thoughts and their truths that they see in the gospel, that they see in Jesus' word. Can we do that today? Can we do that, church? Absolutely. So um, we, are in, we are going to be in the book of Mark today. We're going to be looking from Mark 1, 21. We're going to be all the way through the end uh, where, 20, where 28 is. Typically, um, on a Sunday morning, we will have uh, Andy here, who was here earlier, and he usually likes to just spit out, he usually likes to just tell you, hey, let me see the truth. I'm not that good just yet, um, but the Holy Spirit is working on me, so we're going to see if we can get there one day. I can do that with students, though, because it's lovely. But then there's also going to be some things in here where I, this is what I call myself a youth culture translator, because there are some things that they told me, and I was like going to try to see if I can define it, but I was like, no, I'm just going to leave it in there. And then we are, if I have to do some youth culture translation for you, they'll understand and know specifically what it is. My kids now these days, uh, they also tell me, because you know, I'll try to put some things that don't necessarily go with it. Like the other day, we were talking about this earlier. Um, the other day I said something was bussin' bussin', which typically what that means is that that's, you utilize that for food, right, students? Yeah, we use like that for food. If something's good, it's bussin' bussin'. And so um, you don't say that with anything. <laughs> Some of my students are laughing at me right now. <laughs> because, but you can't just say it for whatever it is. So there is going to be some things I will translate for you. That's okay. It's cool. We'll do that. Um, but first, let's go ahead and go to God's Word, and let's read God's Word right now. Um, we're, looking at, we're looking at Mark 1, 21 through 28. It says, Then they went to Capernaum. When the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people there were amazed by his teaching because he taught them like, no, like one who had authority, not like the experts in the law. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, Leave us alone, Jesus, leave us alone, Jesus the Nazarene. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, Silence, come out of him. After throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed so that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He even, commend, he even commands the unclean spirits and they obey him. So the news about him spread quickly throughout all the region around Galilee. Let us pray. God, we come to you today just as we look, just as we look at these truths. 
May you help us not only to understand these truths for what you've wanted us to see, but may the Holy Spirit just come upon this and may these be truths that we understand that these are our students that see them as well. May we have open minds, open hearts, and open ears to know and understand who you are, what you've done, and how we will praise and worship you for eternity. I'm asking all this be done in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So looking at the first part of this on Mark 1, 21 through 22, uh, there are some truths in here. There are some truths that some of the students uh, talked about right here, which we see, um, which one of them is uh, Jesus's teaching hits different. So some of us want to say, what does that mean, hits different? That is some of what the students say. And when we say that, it hits different, which means it's a little different than what it usually is. So it's not necessarily the same teaching that we think, that we see, that we want, but it is a teaching that comes from, it is a teaching that has authority. Jesus taught with the authority of God. He didn't teach with the authority of experts. He came to this synagogue to teach, to understand, for people to understand who they are, not for, not for us to look at experts and say, hey, this is what this means. You see, and when he did that, he taught in parables. He taught to help us understand. He not only taught, but he walked with us. These are some truths that some students see, but they do this because one of the students actually told me, it's like when Jesus taught that he really cared about who he was teaching. And, and when I thought about that, I thought about these. I thought about this. Is like, have you ever had a have you ever had a teacher you you didn't you have you ever had someone teach you and you didn't understand anything? Have you ever had a teacher or tutor that you had a, that had passion and patience to make you understand? Now, see, if you said yes to this, that means that you encountered someone who taught with authority. They not only wanted to teach you, but they wanted to make sure you owned it so that way you can go and teach someone else. And that is what Jesus wants to happen in this, in this point in time right now. He wants to teach with authority. He doesn't want to just teach it and say, okay, there you go, that's it. He wants to walk with you. He wants to make sure you get it. So that way you can go and reach others. You can go and teach others. He wants you to own it. And another truth that we see here with humanity is that the authority amazes humanity. You see, the people were not amazed by Jesus because of who he was, because even though he may have fulfilled the prophecies, they were amazed by his authority. But it is that authority that then what happened was allowed, him, was allowed them to be moved. It allowed them to be awed by who he was. And it is because of that authority. See, that's, that's the amazing thing about knowing and understanding that Jesus can speak through certain people, that Jesus can allow the words that come out, come out of our mouth be his. And that he can even translate a lot better than we can in many situations. And it is our heart and it is our, and it is our minds when they're clear with Jesus and who he is that helps us to see what people are saying and what people are doing. And then a truth about humanity that the students said that, we, said that uh, they had was that we sometimes look at expertise over the authority of God. See, expertise can reign supreme um, in our lives. The concept of the authority um, over, it, it can reign supreme in our lives over the concept of the authority that God speaks with. Sometimes we'll look at people and experts of the law to understand and know that, that you know, 
that we'll listen to them before we even understand that there is a God who loves us, there is a God who cares about us, there is a God who wants to lead us. And we can idolize expertise, we can idolize experts and give excuse to not do God's work because of them. And if that was truly the case, according to this passage, Jesus would have never healed or performed this miracle. Because you see, in here, we can, we can specifically see in 21, it is the Sabbath. The Sabbath came. That what he was supposed to be doing, if anything, was just teaching. But yet, he took time to heal someone. We're going we're gonna to find that out in the next part of the passage here. He took time to heal someone. The experts of that time, of that day, said that this was the Sabbath and he was not supposed to heal on those days. And many times we'll look at teaching methods in, in people more than we'll even look at God in some situations. Now, I want you all to understand that, don't get me wrong, we all learn differently. And God can breathe through different teaching methods, through different things, but we need to understand that there is an authority that needs to take place. And it's the authority of God that needs to be in all of that. And his word should be the ultimate authority. His love should be the ultimate authority. This should all stem from how we're pursuing him, too. You see, the Sabbath, it doesn't restrict Jesus, nor does it restrict his work. The world and the experts in it, they don't restrict the work of God. We need to continue doing that. We need to continue walking in him. And once again, these aren't truths that I came up with. These are truths that students are understanding. Isn't that amazing? That our students, our teenagers, our students, middle school and high school are coming up with these truths and understanding. And I'm going to tell you one thing is that these students are dealing with some things. Some of these students don't know who Jesus is just yet. Some of these students are still trying to, they're on the brink of making that decision of making him our, our, our personal Lord and Savior, or his personal Lord, or their personal Lord and Savior. Sorry, not our. It doesn't work in a group, just FYI. So um, their personal Lord and Savior. So through all of this, through all of this, they're dealing with these things, but you see Jesus is speaking directly to them, helping them dissect these truths, and then they are projecting them as they come across them. That's, that's amazing to see God move in every single one of their lives, knowing that there's some stuff going on, knowing that there's some things that are happening, and they are open to it. They're open to receiving who he is. They're opening to receiving, to learning more about him. <clears throat> Excuse me, going on to the next, uh, next passage in Mark 1, 23 through 26. Um, there are some truths here that we see that I'm going to have to pull some uh, translation out. I know you're probably already looking at it going, oh, what does that mean? Um, so the first one that I want to go, go through with you here is that they said is that Jesus is on that grind, okay? All right, so some of our students say, what does that mean, Jesus is on that grind? It doesn't mean he's operating a meat grinder. It doesn't mean that he's doing anything specific. What they're talking about is that Jesus' love for us never stops. He's constantly grinding it out. It doesn't matter if it's the Sabbath or if it's Sunday. Jesus' love is not like Chick-fil-A. It doesn't close on Sunday. It through, through anything, he believe, though he believes in rest, he believes in Sabbath, his love will never be cut off. He cares for others. He cares for our souls. He loves hard. He cares hard. He searches hard 
He does not stop. And to know that some of our students are dealing with these things, but yet they still take the time to look in the Bible, to understand that Jesus Christ is talking to them and projecting those truths, not only so they can build themselves up and make a platform for themselves, but so that they can go and tell others about him as well. And that's what we need, church. We need students who want to be able to do this. We need students to be able to walk in him and know that Jesus is on that grind, that Jesus will never stop, that Jesus will continue going and moving on and on and on to make sure that they know that they are loved by him, to make sure they know of what they did was because he does not want them to be punished. And then the second, the second one, which I thought was pretty I mean, I thought we had some pastors, some theologians in here because this was amazing, was um, that humanity in this, in this passage here is that humanity is seeing God's authority in an unconventional way. Humanity is seeing God's authority in an unconventional way. And when I, when I see that, when we say that, or when we're, when we're looking at that, I think I just got lost in my, in my way here. Here we go. Um, they see it, they, when he's talking about seeing it in an unconventional way, what he's talking about is that what's happening is that this isn't normal. When someone walks up in a clean spirit, when someone walks up with an unclean spirit and says, leave us alone, Jesus Nazarene, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him. When he's walking up, he doesn't say, wait a minute, wait a minute, sir. You're going to have to wait for everyone else. Don't talk to me. This is not what they were used to. You see, the experts of the law would have just said, no, nah, get away from me because you're unclean. But the simple fact that Jesus took some time, he talked to him, and he, 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 he commanded something in him was, was amazing because it wasn't the fact that it was conventional or convenient for who Jesus was. He took time because he loved him. He cared for him. He wanted to see him well. You see, with the authority of God and knowing, hey, look, man, I ain't going to do like these experts and just shun you out. I'm going to do something right now. It gives truth to know and understand that Jesus is on that grind, that Jesus is constantly moving. Jesus constantly wants to walk with us in that too. And then a, another truth that we see here is that, uh, which was pretty awesome as well, is that humanity is the battleground between good and evil in this passage. Our students understand that we are the battleground, that good and evil will try to come and, 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 and walk around us. They will try to come and entice us. They will try to come and tempt, and, and tempt us. That evil will try to do all these things, but God does not want to let go of who he wants us to be, of who we are. We see that in, um, in 25, or I mean, I'm sorry, in, in 24, when the, the, the evil spirit says, leave us alone, Jesus the Nazarene. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. <laughs> evil will come to you. They will try to tie you to him. And Jesus is like, nah, 
I ain't come to destroy us. I came to destroy you. He does not want evil to guide us. He doesn't want evil to, to move in our hearts. He doesn't want evil to move us away from who he is. And in seeing that and in knowing, I think there's such an amazing, an amazing thing about who God is and what he does. And not only is it unconventional, but he comes because he loves us and he wants to, he wants to take hold of us. He wants our hearts. And another truth that we see that the students saw here is that evil will try to guide us. Evil will try to rule its ugly face and, and entice us with the things that we want. You see, evil has no power over God. We see that in here as well. When God says silence, come out of him, that's exactly what evil does. Evil obeys. And we see that miracle take place. And then a truth about God that they saw is that evil knows the power of God. Evil knows its place, yet it still tries hard to tie us to it. You see, evil, at this point in time, this evil spirit is kind of hoping for mercy and forgiveness in this passage. When, when he looks at him, he's like, he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's like, wait a minute, leave us alone, Jesus the Nazarene? Have you come to destroy us? He's that question. He's like, leave us alone, but have you come to destroy us? Wait a minute. And then he says, but you're the holy one of God. So it's like he's trying to build Jesus up. So that way Jesus won't do anything to him. But see, Jesus can look beyond all of that to know that he does not want to let go of his son. He does not want to let go of us. He wants us to choose him. Evil was hoping that they would give God a bone and say, Jesus a bone and say, okay, it'll be good. You see, evil also hopes to survive knowing that it has no place in the kingdom of heaven. Which we find another truth here in this is, is that their students see, saw is that unclean spirits can be found in holy places. Unclean spirits can be found in holy places. Just because you're in a holy place doesn't mean evil is non-existent. Just because you're here right now doesn't mean that evil is not lurking. And just to give some more example in that, just to give some more, some, some, just some, some fire to that too, is that things that we try to encompass in what we think Jesus says, and in many situations, are not true to who he is. Such things as, and, and to give a good example of this is, I remember when I was visiting in Charleston one time, and I saw, we were, we were touring a plantation home. And they were talking about, you know, they were talking about, uh, you know, slaves and, and, and what they did and how they, and, you know, how they were treated and everything like that, which broke my heart. And ultimately, one of the things that, that they said here was, was, that, was that, you know what, they did teach the slaves the Bible. And then the, the, the tour guide said, the tour guide told me, he said, well, do y'all think that that's a good thing or a bad thing? And I remember people, he said, raise your hand if you think it's a good thing. A lot of people raised their hand. And then I said, raise your hand if you think it's a bad thing. And I was like, so I kind of said, why do you think that's a bad thing? 
I said, well, because they're probably teaching them the truths that they want them to know and not the truths that it talks about in the Bible, specifically in the Bible. And so when we think and understand that unclean spirits can be found in holy places, we need to understand that that is evil that can be found in holy places because racism is evil, sin is evil, the love of money is evil, and even lies are evil. Those things exist sometimes in the church, and it is, up to, it is up to us to know the authority of who God is, the authority of the gospel and what it has in our lives, and the love that he sheds for each and every, that he shares for each and every one of us. We cannot give our sin an excuse with the gospel. Jesus didn't die for us to be content with our sin. He died so that way it can be taken away. He doesn't want us to live with it going on and on. He wants us to give it to him. And he wants to destroy it. He wants to silence it, and he wants to destroy it. He doesn't want a negotiation with that sin. He doesn't want a negotiation with, with who we are and how it makes us, how it's a part of us. He wants to silence it and destroy it. He does not want to destroy you. He wants to destroy the sin. <clears throat> and going on uh, to the next part of the passage here in Mark 127 through 28. It says, they were all amazed, so they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He even commands the unclean spirits and they obey, he even commands the unclean spirits and they obey him? So the news about him spread quickly throughout all the region around Galilee. You see, Jesus is a good teacher because he is our Lord. You know, he, he's, he's our creator. He knows what we need. Whether we adhere to, to that, whether we adhere to that defines whether or not we'll accept him as our Lord and Savior. You see, some of our students are dealing with this very issue. They recognize him as teacher and, and are grasping whether or not to make him their Lord and Savior. You know, Jesus is not our hype man. He's not our homeboy. He's not our cheerleader. He's our creator, and he would love to be in a relationship with you. He's our authority. And another truth that our students shared was experts don't destroy unclean spirits. Jesus does. The people were amazed at the authority that Jesus had, but that's not because of the methods. It's because of the fact that he's Jesus. That you see, the Son of God doesn't want to entertain us with this miracle. He does it because he loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to choose him. And in seeing this here, another truth that we brought up within our students is that Humanity went from seeing him speak with authority to somewhat understanding that he is the authority. And we see humanity is getting the gist of, of basically who Jesus is, and they're telling others, and they're starting to tell others about him. They're starting to understand and, and, and get this concept because they saw 
everything that he was talking about come to light. They saw everything that he was doing. They saw proof of it. See, Jesus is king. He knows what's going on. The unclean spirits, they obey him. They listen to his command. And we need to understand that God is in control. Humanity is not. We are not in control. And you see, people, they want teaching with authority. You see, we want leadership. We want confidence. We expect sometimes even others to do it because that's the case. And we may not be called to lead, but we are all called to teach. We see that in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in the Great Commission when Jesus calls all of us. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them and baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is something that we're all called. You know, and even though, even though we may not feel equipped, we need to understand that Jesus Christ will equip each and every one of us to do so. And the last truth that I want to share with you with what the students have said is that sometimes people are naive on who God really is. And they do that We see that because they basically question in 27 when they say, what is this? A new teaching with authority? They call what he does, they make it seem, they call it, they make it seem like it's because of his teaching. Whatever we do as a church is not because of teaching, it's because of who he is. We can praise methods, we can stick with them, but it's not because of them, it's because of who Jesus is. It's because what Jesus gives us, it's because of how Jesus equips us. It's because how we're walking with the confidence of knowing that Jesus has the authority of over who we are. Not stuff, not money, not social media, not our, our platform and what we want to do, but Jesus has the authority over us to move, to walk, to do that, but we also have to do that as well. We have to be mindful of our vision and mission. We have to walk in that. We have to have some action in doing that because if there is anything that I see in this passage, especially especially with who Jesus is, it's the fact that he walked the walk. He did it. He saw someone who was struggling with an evil spirit. They talked to him. They pronounced and they said, hey, Jesus, you know, leave us alone. And Jesus took the time because he had authority of God to do it. And he took the time to heal them. And sometimes when we see things happen like that, we will give praise to teaching. We will give praise to man before we ever give praise to Jesus. And what we need to do is understand that Jesus is the authority in our life. And we give praise and honor to him in everything that we do. It's amazing to see all of these truths that are, that are spoken up about our students. And it also kind of like hurts my heart in a way to know there are some things that they're struggling with. And there are some things that they're going on, but Jesus is still fighting for their heart. He's still working in their life. 
He's still constantly around them, pumping truths into them for them to dissect it. But church, as a student pastor, we can't do this alone. This is why we are a church. This is why we walk with you in that. This is why we will walk with you in your teaching. But we can't do it from afar. I can't imagine that Jesus and who he was would just let things like that slide out and would look at the, at the, at the, at the truth of the fact that this man was evil or this man was evil and not the fact that he had an evil spirit in him. And I say all that to say, just this morning, I was, I was coming in and I saw some trash that was on the other end of the, on the, other end of the, um, the building, of the facility there. And there are some students that kind of come in um, from the neighborhood every now and then. And there's a couple staff members here who actually talk to them and have conversations with them. And sometimes they come and they play around and they, you know, will do things and stuff like that and then they'll probably leave some trash around. And then sometimes they'll come and they'll, on, on Fridays when no one's here, they'll knock, on the, they'll knock on the office door and I'll give them some water, I'll talk with them about their grades and everything like that and it's really cool. We've had like, I've had like five or six students at one time, all in the middle school, kind of come around and, and, and talk to me and just want to talk about their life in general, which is awesome. And I can be upset at the fact that there's trash, there's broken glass, and everything like that. But I would rather those students come here and bring the trash and earn the right to speak into their life than to say, no, you need to get away from here. We don't need to have the concept of saying, no, 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 this is who we are. We need to have the concept of communication, of, of talking with them, and talking with them with the authority of Jesus Christ to understand that he loves them, he wants them, and he doesn't want them to stray away. And if that means i got to come here every Sunday and sweep up some broken glass and sweep up some trash, then I'll do it. And sign me up. Just put, I'll put janitor on my resume as well. <laughs> I've done it before. That's what we need, church. We need to be able to understand that there are students who are going through some things, who are, ha- who are going through some, some, some situations of life, but the gospel is there, and they just want to be heard. How are we listening to students? What are we doing to do that? And you know, and I know I brought up all these truths and I probably put some application in there as well, but I wanted to take the time because I want to be more like Andy. Um, (laughs) I'm joking with you. Um, But I want to be more... (laughs) Um, You know, Andy's like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Um, No, but I wanted to give you all time to even look at these truths, even dissect these truths, and then also, as we talk about it, as we talk about it, as as we're here and displaying truths and and what that is, what are some applications that we can take away from all of this as well? And I don't have my handy-dandy Andy notebook that that just goes up here, Um, but I will write them down, and I would love to share them with you later on too. So open it up. This is the most nervous, the nerve-wracking part of of the message. 
But uh, what do you, what are some application that we can take away from this? And not only an application of just the gospel and the truths, but also an application keeping our students in mind as well. So think about that. What's some application that we can take away from this? Go ahead, brother. Mm. Gosh, I love that. Yes. Holy Spirit is active today. I should just get like a whole bunch of post-it notes and just slap them on there. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is active today. Man, I think that's so true. Because I see the Holy Spirit. I see that Holy Spirit just... I keep thinking about this one TikTok that says, Holy Spirit, activate. That's what's going on in my mind right now. And I know some of y'all... <laughs> so, um, but that's what I'm thinking of, is that, yeah, I, I mean, the Holy Spirit is very active in our students' lives. They are moving, they are doing things. And sometimes, to tell you the truth, even some of those that are struggling with the fact of, I don't know if I want to make this decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord or my Savior or not, but they're doing it. They're doing these things that are, that are traditional. They're doing these things that the experts say, you need to do this, you need to do that, you know? But they're doing it here, where God's word is relevant, where God's word is, is, is very, very, is here, where God's word is here. That's so, that's so good. What else? Any other truths or even, uh, even application that you see from this? Yes, evil can be overcome. That's right. You know, I mean, I pray for these students all the time to make those decisions. I pray for some students specifically because I want them to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. And sometimes there is some evil that does happen in those situations, but, you, but evil can be overcome by who Jesus is, by what Jesus does as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Let's command that evil. Man, I think that's I think that's that's really good that as we so as we are engulfed in Jesus's word, as we're engulfed in the gospel, let's continue to command that authority that there are. Let's I'm sorry. Let's communicate. We can't command that authority because it's God. So that's just that's just not going to happen. So don't try to do that. But you want to command that evil. You want to command that evil to say, no, that that's not right. But ultimately what you need, what we need to do is we need to give all that authority that we think we have, we need to give it to God. We need to give our, our, you know, our hearts to Jesus. We need to make sure that we're in the Bible. We need to make sure that we're walking with our students. We need to make sure that we're communicating with them. And let's not try to overly communicate the way, the way we do it all the time. Like, I'm trying to, I'm telling you this too, because I see it so, so much when we try to overly communicate what we want our students to do and not what we want God to let them do or God to allow them to do. And I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a big, huge, huge, I'm speaking to the, I'm preaching to the choir, I know that in a sense, but I'm also turning the finger back at me. Because I have, one, I have one son right now that's saying, I don't want to go to college. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you saying that? 
I don't know why, why are you saying that? Oh, it makes me cringe when he thinks about that. But I have to understand that, hey man, this, this kid loves Jesus. He has already accepted Jesus Christ in his, in, his, in his life. He is walking in him. And if he does not want to go to college, and we've had a discussion about that, and he has pure biblical thought and understanding and knowing exactly what that means, I have to be okay with that. And I know some of your parents are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just said that. But that's true. We have to be okay if we understand that Jesus has this, that Jesus has got this. Now, we still are, and don't get me wrong, they are still our blessings. We still care for them. We will still walk with them. But we must continue to do that knowing that God has the ultimate authority. Not us, God. That's good. That's good. Awesome. What else? Mm. Yes, get out of our safe circle. I think that's so good. And I'm going to do a quick uh, plug here. Get out of our safe circle. Some of us, man, I'm going to tell you right now, our students that meet here on Wednesday nights at 6.30, we love on each other. And we do have some opportunities for even you as adults to come and teach our students, to come and walk with them as well. Even if you feel, just I love how, how Andy said this last week, even if you feel like you need to be disciples, come be discipled by our students. You see the truths that are going on, that they, that they are projecting in who he is, in who God is. If you want to hear more of those truths, come see me, come talk to me after. I'd love to walk with you as well. But we need to get out of our safe circle. I love that. We need to stop pointing the finger at what this generation is and start walking alongside them and understanding what is going on with this generation. We can sit here and say they're entitled. We can sit there and say they're lazy. We can sit there and say everything and, and everything all at once that's negative. But if we're not looking in the hearts and searching the way that Jesus searches for us, what are we doing to help the cause, cause to grow the kingdom of God? And some of y'all have some stories that these students need to hear. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. It's the intergenerational concept of knowing who Jesus is and, and walking with them and discipling them as well. Because in this instance, you may also be one who is discipled in that and just a couple more uh, application points here um, that I'll bring up is, um, you know, we have, to, we have to look at this and see that, you know, as I'm learning for God, am I teaching with the authority of his word, his love and his guidance, or am I teaching the, me the methodology of me? What am I learning from him and his people? Am I allowing myself to be taught with the authority of Christ? Are we teaching our students with the authority, and, and at the same time, are we teaching our students with the authority of Christ or are we teaching them with our authority, just like we said before? 
when we teach on Wednesday nights, how are we reaching those whom are quiet and also, and I think about this too, this was just internal, it's like when we're teaching on Wednesday nights, I was thinking like, how am I teaching those who don't have, who don't necessarily have the truths? And once again, just like, we, just like this application was brought up, I have to get out of my safe circle. I love the kids that are, that are talking to me and spitting truths out like crazy, but I have to get out of my safe circle and talk to those individuals one-on-one and understand that they may not be comfortable in shouting out these truths but I still want to know what's on their heart. I still want to know what drives them. I still want to be able to do that. And I think Jesus does that in every sense of the matter as well. And then another application is how much evil do we live with? How do I recognize the power and authority of God? Or am, am I allowing my body to be a battleground or a temple? Are our students equipped to recognize evil? I, I tell myself that all the time. Are they able to recognize when evil is bound to them? How are we equipping our students to identify evil? And then the last one is, is Jesus my teacher or is he my Lord? Just like I would say, are these students, are we treating these students as the future of the church? Are we treating them as if they're the church now? Because I honestly believe that our students are just as much the future, but they are the church now. And how are we teaching them as such? And to close here, I just want to share a story of what it looks like when we get out of our circle, when we, when we dismiss the whole concept of, I don't know if I can do that or not. And as the band makes their way up here, I just want to let you know that, you know, I have, I have, an, older, I have an older sibling. Or not older sibling, I have an older son, not sibling. I do have an older sibling, but I also have an older son. Um, and he, you know, he looks at the concept of who Jesus is, and he loves that, and he wants to abide by that. But there are times when he struggles with it. And just recently, right when the pandemic happened, he wanted to reach out to a friend of ours who lost their job. And he said, look, mom, he went up to, he went, he goes, I always go up to moms with this stuff all the time. You don't want to go to, to you know, don't want to go, go up to dad. Um, and he went out, he went up to my, he went up to my wife and he said, mom, I want to do something for this person who lost her job. Because I feel really, really, feel really, this is nine year old, he, I feel really, really bad. And we're like, all right, well, well, we talked about it together and we said, we'll pray about it and we'll see what happens. We'll see how God is going to lead us. And then just the next week, there was his neighbor that wanted to do wanted to do a, a lemonade stand. And that lemonade stand was then opened up and um, they made like over, I think they made over $170 and then all the kids who were part of the lemonade stand all had their money and then they had their money and they were talking about what they were going to buy with it and they talked about all this other stuff but he had it in his heart before then to donate this money to a friend of ours. And what and during that time when he was discussing with his friend, his friends, they were talking about they're going to buy candy, they're going to buy do this. My, my other son bought a power wheel with his. I don't know how he did it, but he did. Um, it was a used one that he bought for $10. It was, it was awesome. Um, so, and then when he saw his little brother with that power wheel, it was grabbing at him and saying, do I really want to donate my money 
And he was talking to me and crying. He came up to me crying. He said, Daddy, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. And I was like, why? And as a parent, I wanted to say, you're going to do this. But I did, and I had to back off. And it was the authority of God that he put $14 in an envelope and wrote on that envelope, God told me to do this. And with tears in his eyes and knowing what he was missing, went over to that person's house, put it in the, on, put it in, in the mailbox and closed the door and walked away with a happy, with a smile on his face, knowing that he did exactly what God wanted him to do. The authority of God is on this generation, is on this generation. We need to walk alongside them as opposed to saying, as opposed to saying, no, you're not going to do that. Let's take the authority out of ourselves and put it in God for this generation. Let's pray. God, as we come to you today, may we understand that there is an authority that you possess that we can't because we are not God. And we need to be okay with that. May we give those things to you. May we give those things to who you are. And may we worship you with authority. May we love you with authority. May we walk in you with authority because you want us to teach others knowing that God is our foundation. It's showing the love to each and every person that we come across. May we get out of our circle. May we know that evil is destroyed by you. May we be confident in who you are and what you do. Asking all this be done in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.